Hey, what's up everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Caffeinated CX, where we talk about customer experience and stuff, all in a hyper-caffeinated state. So, today is the 17th of October. When this releases, it'll be the 18th of October. Amazing. I'm actually pre-recording this one. Sort of. Yeah. So, uh, today... I want to do a little bit of a deviation from the normal customer experience contact center stuff that we normally do and something that uh, plays into it, right? And plays into something I've been talking about for the last few episodes. So let's get right started. And the reason that I want to do this is because of a meme I found. And here is the meme, if you can see it. If you are listening strictly to audio, you won't be able to see it. And that's okay, because I'll read it to you. It is a meme, I posted it on LinkedIn, and it says, Born too late to buy a home. Born too soon to explore space. Born just in time to finance a pizza from Domino's. Yep. It's been said that we're in a silent depression. And the very fact that you can finance a pizza is a little, um, what's the word? Not good. So it started up with those like buy now pay over four payments thing a couple of years ago, and it's just escalated from there. The sure sign of a declining of a declining state. So yeah, it is what it is. So let's go back. Mm, let's go back twelve years. Okay. Let's go back to Occupy Wall Street. Let's see what happened with Occupy Wall Street. We're going to watch a video together. We're actually going to watch a couple of videos together and then go over some articles because this is something I want to talk about. And then I want to segue over into something else, which is directly related. So now... If you are not watching this on video, either on YouTube or Spotify, my apologies. You'll just be able to listen instead of watch. But hey, that's on you. You're the one that did this. I don't know. But so, here we go. We are Back in 2011, it seemed like Occupy Wall Street would change America. The movement that started in New York City's financial district took over the nation in a matter of weeks. There was Occupy Portland, there was Occupy Los Angeles, there was Occupy, you name it. It was a circus, it was a festival, it was a party. Protesters wanted to dismantle a system that they saw as only benefiting the rich, and at least for a moment, it seemed like they could. Shut down Wall Street! Shut down Wall Street! But their fight against inequality was a messy one, and the movement broke up all So. Occupy Wall Street came out of the last recession, the 2008 recession, um, and it was messy. 
we'll just we'll go into why it was messy and chaotic and not handled very well by the people organizing it but let's let's go on i just wanted to bring the parallels from 2008 to 2023 there we go almost as quickly as it had started it was so dedicated not to having a hierarchy and not to having a strategy uh, that it inevitably was doomed. Today, it's business as usual in New York's financial district. So what happened to Occupy Wall Street and did it make a difference at all? On September the 17th of 2011, protesters descended on Wall Street where the New York Stock Exchange is located, a symbolic site for a fight against inequality. There was a lot of social ferment in the air. And there were also the anti-austerity protests that were really gaining traction and heating up across Europe, in Spain, in Greece. This was also the time the Arab Spring was sweeping through the Middle East. Aaron Gupta and Michael Levitin were both involved in the protests in New York. They also set up the Occupied Wall Street Journal, but we'll come back to that later. Between 1979 and 2007, the household after-tax income of the top 1% of earners in the U.S. had increased... This chart here? This chart? Let me... Increased nearly... Look at that. That's insane. And I bet... Dollars to donuts? It's worse now. We'll look that up after, if I remember. Four times, or 275%. Those at the lower end of the scale had seen only an 18% rise. The fact that we had just gone through the greatest recession since the Great Depression sort of forced the subject into public conversation. Protests in New York had in fact started in June 2011, when dozens sat outside New York City Hall for weeks to protest against proposed budget cuts to education and other public services. Meanwhile, left-wing activists met in New York to plan a larger protest around Wall Street in Lower Manhattan. The rallying point was the iconic Wall Street bull statue. It was the anti-capitalist magazine Adbusters that seized the moment with a call to action under the new Occupy Wall Street hashtag. Not only was the location symbolic, so too was the date, September the 17th, the same date the US Constitution was signed but police barricaded the area, forcing protesters to spread across the financial district. They ended up a few blocks away at Zuccotti Park. Zuccotti Park has some unique things as far as parks go. Not only its status as a privately owned public space, but power outlets, like every 10, 15, 20 feet, people could charge their phones, they could run extension cables. Being a privately owned public space meant that police officers could not force protesters to leave without being requested to do so by the owner. Brookfield office properties. Within weeks, protest marches starting from Zuccotti Park were drawing in thousands of people. You could tell instantly um, that this was really something that hadn't been experienced in modern America, certainly. The encampment grew into a city of its own. It was just this dynamic village in the middle of, of this uh, concrete canyon. Dozens of tents were set up. Food donations from places like Ben & Jerry's flooded in. You had a kitchen, you had this huge library, you had education, you had a tech hub. And the city even had its own newspaper, the occupied Wall Street Journal. 
So we started production uh, about uh, 8 p.m. on a Thursday night. Within 36 hours, we had 50,000 copies of the newspaper in Zuccotti Park. Meanwhile, organizers held public forums that anyone could participate in. It was this great democratic theater, but it also proved to be a real flaw. You'd have hundreds of people debating for four hours, do we put the compost bin here or do we put the compost bin here? And what? Ridiculous, ridiculous. One of the, one of the reasons it failed. Um, by the way, I just looked it up on my phone. Um, since 1978, the CEO compensation among America's 300 biggest companies has gone up 1,460%, while the typical worker's pay grew by just 18%, both adjusted for inflation. Yep. Back to the video. While protesters said they represented 99% of the population, the reality at the start was that it was mostly white, college-educated young adults. And for those watching at home, it was unclear what exactly the occupiers wanted. But then the tone changed. Clashes with police intensified, and Occupy began to make headlines for entirely different reasons. Clashes were especially prone to happen when there was marches, when there was obstruction of traffic, which was very frequent with Occupy. Tension reached ahead on September the 24th, when hundreds of protesters marched north from Zuccotti Park to Union Square. Around 80 people were arrested, and about five were pepper sprayed. This blew up, and what happened was the occupation completely changed. There was just a huge amount of support. Then on October the 1st, more than 700 protesters were arrested during a march across the Brooklyn Bridge. What these arrests did was add more fuel to the fire. By October the 5th, more had joined the protests, including labor unions. We were told you... Okay, so I'm not sure what the demographics of who made up this movement really matters. I mean, who cares? Who, who honestly gives a shit? Um, the fact that it was planned out just as well as the Star Wars sequel trilogy is the reason it failed. Much like the reason the Star Wars sequel trilogy failed as well. So, there we go. There was no leader. It was just mob rule. It was, uh, this is the uh, downside of direct democracy, right? So, Ridiculous. Ridiculous. You work hard, you go to college, you get a job. You work hard, you go to college now, there's no jobs because the folks up there that you say are staring down on us made sure that all the work is going overseas. By the next day, the movement had spread across the country. Hell yeah, trade union guy. Exactly. That is exactly what was going on. That's exactly what is going on. Um... People are being duped into getting tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars into debt by going to college right out of high school. And it's uh, disgusting. Uh, Biden won the election for promising to uh, forgive student loans. 
which he helped set up and helped make it so that uh, they're not even uh, absolved in bankruptcy. So there we are. And I'm not going to get political or overly political in this episode. I'm trying to look at Occupy Wall Street from a objective, impartial, third party. Even though if they had leadership and if they had a plan, they would have done so much good for the world that... I can't even fathom where we would be right now. It's uh, it's a shame that they had no leadership. And some of that, I think, is, one, kind of on them. And two, I'm going to put on some tinfoil on my head right now, make a little hat out of it. But maybe, maybe it was a little bit controlled. I don't know. So, let's finish up this video because there's more. There's more we have to see. From Los Angeles. I want to take you back downtown to that Occupy LA protest, which may be getting out of hand. To DC and Boston. It was violent confrontations with police rather than protesters' demands that kept the movement in the news. Occupy was spreading worldwide, but by mid-November, the owners of Zuccotti Park had lost patience. They said the park had become dangerous and unhealthy. There were also reports that the encampment attracted homeless people and drug users, and that women had to reportedly set up a female-only sleeping area after sexual assault accusations surfaced. Disgusting. Now, I, I know if you're if you guys are watching this on video, you've seen the tent cities, right? The Occupy City, which was mostly just tents, which now looks like uh, every single homeless encampment in Los Angeles. So there you go. That's and that's escalating too. So crazy. All right. Adbusters encouraged protesters to claim victory and head home. But that didn't happen. Where do AI breakthroughs get their start? At Intel, it's a passion to reimagine what's possible and a platform to build what's I'm not paying for premium. Those with disabilities starts with nope. assistive AI. The intelligent factory starts with edge analytics. The next generation of AI experts starts with education. And that's just the start. The solutions are countless. The impacts are so early in the morning of November... <laughs> Sorry about the ad. And was I mistaken, or did that have a 10-second counter instead of a 5? I don't know. ...the 15th, police officers handed out eviction notices to protesters at the park. Those who resisted were met with batons and pepper spray, and nearly 200 were arrested. They threw away everyone's everything. Tents, just garbage, computers, books. They trashed the library. Where's our tents? Where's our pets? Where's our clothes? Where's our fans? Where's our books? Where's my library? And despite efforts to regroup, Occupy wouldn't be the same again. The protester was named Time Magazine's 2011 Person of the Year. But what had the months of protest achieved? Very little in terms of tangible policy change. And the gap between rich and poor in the States is today higher than ever. 
Former Labour Secretary Robert Reich visited the Occupy Wall Street camp a number of times. This country is beginning to discuss an issue and a set of issues it has avoided discussing for years. He says it failed because of lack of strategy. It was a successful movement in the sense that it brought to the public's attention the inequality of income, wealth, and political power in this country. But you can't have a movement unless you combine activists who are getting and receiving attention with activists who, behind the scenes, are working to mobilize and organize people in a very specific political direction. Without both, you really end up, just as the Occupy movement did, uh, without very much to show for it. But the movement itself became a blueprint for protests around the world and brought the issue of inequality into mainstream politics. It was always going to fail, but it really set the stage for the next decade, from the Black Lives Matter movement to the climate justice movement to low-wage workers movement. We wouldn't have had, for example, Bernie Sanders and even Elizabeth Warren were it not for a lot of the groundwork done by the Occupy movement. Ten years on, Occupy Wall Street continues to resonate. There will always be an Occupy movement. Occupy was not the first, it will not be the last. Demonstrations are ways of attracting attention, but they are just the start. The critical element that was missing ten years ago that if there is going to be a successful anti-corporate populist movement in the future must incorporate is a leadership that focuses on political strategy. Keep moving, guys. You might get arrested for standing in your own country. All right, so there was that video, all right, and uh, yeah, yeah. Um, the thing is, the Occupy movement almost had zero, zero provable change in society or in politics. It died, and it died horribly, and it died with a whimper. And now things are worse than ever. Now things are worse. And I, I, I just delusion. So let's uh, let's watch this uh, news story there. that made us say seriously. The Occupy Wall Street protest entered its third week today. What started as less than a dozen college students camping out in a park near the New York Stock Exchange is now hundreds of protesters, and it's spread to other cities. But what are they protesting? Nobody seems to know. So this afternoon, we went to Wall Street to find out. And despite what you heard, here's what I saw. It's not just a bunch of dancing hippies protesting. There are all kinds of people there, babies, teachers, cheerleaders, Uncle Sampta and that. Seriously, it's a mixed bag, but they were happy to take some time from their books, banjos, bongos, sports drinks, catered lunch. Yeah, there was catered lunch. Designer yoga clothing. That's a Lululemon logo. Computers, lots of MacBooks, and phones to help us get to the bottom of it. This is unemployed software developer Dan. 
What do you do for a living? Uh, I'm a software developer. Software developer. Yes. So currently employed or unemployed? Unemployed. Unemployed. Unemployed, we like to call it. Unemployed. It's called Occupy Wall Street. So do you know that um, taxpayers actually made money on the Wall Street bailout? Uh, I was unaware of that. They did. They made, not on GM, but they did on the, okay. on the Wall Street part of the bailout. Okay. Does that make you feel any differently? Well, I would have to do more research about it. But um, If I were right, it might. Oh, sure. Seriously? That's all it would take to put an end to the unrest. Well, as promised, we did go double-check the numbers on the bank bailout, and this is what we found. Yes, the bank bailouts made money for American taxpayers right now to the tune of $10 billion, anticipated that it will be $20 billion. Those are seriously the numbers. And this was the big issue, so we solved it. In fact, the only reason we haven't made all the TARP money back is actually GM. But I don't see any protests in Detroit. It seems the only thing we all agree on is that the police, with the pepper spray and mass arrest, may have overstepped their bounds this weekend. Or do we agree on that? Oh, good, that full cop is leaving. Or not cop, he's pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. He would have been a lot worse. <laughs> Seriously. And by the way, to Dan, the very ardent software developer, he had a lovely MacBook. And when I asked him whether Apple II was part of the problem or a hero of the movement, he said, well, they've got good design, but they need to pay more tax. Lately, one way I've been able to help keep my mental health a priority has been through therapy using BetterHelp. After graduating college and now being a young adult, A little bit of ad spend there. Okay. That was CNN. That was uh, what the conservatives call the liberal media. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So. All right. And let's, uh, let's watch one more thing. Okay, and then I'll give you some thoughts. Okay, uh, this is from a guy that was supposedly there, and I don't know this dude. This is from TikTok, so we'll we'll just give him the benefit of the doubt and say he was there. And uh, here is his uh, testimony. Occupy Wall Street, September seventeenth, two thousand eleven, the year of dreaming dangerously. Sweeping across Europe at the time was the so-called movement of the squares, taking control of and occupying public spaces. In a certain sense, this was largely a symbolic act, but in many ways, symbolism is incredibly important. It's the first inch in what could potentially be a mile. Our inch was Zuccotti Park in downtown Manhattan. Nobody really talks about it anymore, but for a long time, a lot of people had a lot to say. And a lot of people who weren't there talked a lot of shit. We were participating in a global movement, and we were doing it in the very heart of the global empire, surrounded by a police force that would be the 30th largest army in the world. And it is entirely too easy to sit outside that situation and criticize. Occupy Wall Street was admittedly overly enthusiastic, but it was a legitimate crack in the facade. It was real, participatory, radically democratic, and potentially revolutionary. Everyone was there, and every type was represented. And in retrospect, in my opinion, that was its major flaw. We fought in the arena of ideas, and the majority, rightfully, won. Which is to say, the liberals won. This fact divided and weakened us, 
and we were left to be brutalized without the means or ideology to defend ourselves. I would get tackled by six cops, have my face ground into 7th Avenue, spend three nights in jail only to come out and find myself marching next to someone who insisted that I remain peaceful. This same person who would literally, physically, violently defend the police. Two months later, the Obama administration organized a nationwide crackdown. We had no fucking chance. We were manipulated internally and brutalized externally by extremely organized and powerful forces. The only defense against this is class consciousness. To know decisively in one's heart who the true enemies are. To know that even if you do not support or advocate property destruction, the one who does is not your enemy. To know that one way or the other, there is a front line in this war. And on one side are the police, who will use any and all means necessary to defend the flows of capital. And on the other side is the rest of the world, who must learn to accept and use any and all means at our disposal to defend our lives to create the conditions for lives that as yet we can only dream of, to liberate the people of this planet from drudgery and toil, from exploitation and oppression, to create a world in which each of us gives what we can and gets what we need. We have nothing but our misery and our chains to lose. We have a world to win, and we must unite. Yeah, okay. All right. Um, bit weird there, but that's okay. That's okay. Um, let's see. I want to see one thing. All right. I don't think anything really changed since uh, 2011 as far as the what the Occupy movement actually cared about. Right, more and more jobs are shipping overseas. More and more things are being automated. Right, uh, more jobs are being replaced, and uh, the gap between rich and poor is larger than ever. So they didn't really do anything. Um, that's the truth. So. Occupy was so disorganized they couldn't even agree to let a civil rights hero on stage. Um, Charles Leshner worked on digital strategy for the Occupy movement. He went on to help found uh, People for Bernie. Leshner says there was no structure in place to ensure that Occupy lasted. Um, this is a movement that could have changed at least the United States, but it imploded because of the lack of structure. Maybe they put J.J. Abrams in charge. Who knows? So, now the only thing it did was get, like, uh, people like Bernie Sanders and, for some reason, Elizabeth Warren and the, uh, in the front of the Democratic conventions, right? But the DNC saw to it that only establishment Wall Street uh, Democrats could be electable. So, it changed nothing. Um, this is a warning to all movements. Have some structure. Have some leadership. Stand for something. Don't stand for everything. 
narrow your focus. If you stand for everything, you stand for nothing, and your movement will do nothing other than be mocked on CNN and uh, make things worse in the long run. So, what's your thoughts on this? Um, how do you see things going? Did you like my meme? Leave your comments below. And, as always, remember to subscribe, like, share the show so we can make the show grow, and I'll see you next time.